Hi everyone, this is Joanne Beaudry-Laroc and today I'm going to be doing a podcast with our son-in-law, Brendan. And uh, one thing I learned about Brendan was that he was in a, a punk rock band. And I've always been curious to be to see what it would be like to be in a band. Of course, punk music wasn't around when I was young. But uh, Brendan was in a band for how many years, Brendan? Well, I think I was uh, probably, I think, 13 or 14. I was in grade 8 when I played my first punk show. It was with my brother and a couple of uh, his friends. Oh, my gosh. So, like, they they would always jam and they needed a drummer. And I just started on drums, like, a couple years before. So I got right into it. And I was pretty well forced to jam with them by my (laughs) brother. And... uh, (laughs) Yeah, next thing you know, we were playing shows and uh, just having fun like that. But then kind of as time passed by, you know, girlfriends and stuff, you get busy doing other stuff like that. And then uh, so grade 10 was my or I guess it would have been grade nine was like my big year playing music and playing shows when uh, I had a couple buddies who I met through my older brother. So they were a couple years older than me and they wanted to start a band and they knew that I was a drummer. So then we started writing a bunch of songs. And then by that fall of 2006, we were playing shows all the, all the time. We played with a crazy metal band called Behemoth from Norway. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we've uh, opened for another band called Roses Dead. And, uh, wow. Lots of mosh pits and uh, being bad. Like my mom used to actually drop me off at shows. I was only 16. I couldn't drive or anything. (laughs) So she'd she'd drop me off with all my music stuff and then pick up my music stuff. And then I'd stay in town with my buddies. And uh, well, you don't know. You don't want to know what I did after that. But <laughs> we, we we had some fun. And then the summer after that, actually, we uh, we ended up going on a tour. So I was in grade, yeah, the grade 10 summer. Or, yeah, it would have been grade 10 summer. So I was 16. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I was 16 years old. Oh, my God. We didn't have cell phone or anything. My mom let me go on tour for, I think it was two weeks. I hopped in a van with these guys and played shows. Whereabouts did you play shows? Yeah. like About how much money would you make? London. uh, I I didn't really make anything. Really, it was more just to go towards, like, food and travel for whoever (laughs) was driving me around. And I was just enjoying life. But, like, we played London, Toronto. We played in the Healy's Bar. Jeff yeah, bar. Jeff Healy's bar, yes. and there's yeah, that was pretty cool. Although I My wasn't able to stay there. there, I was yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cindy Booth, she sang with Jeff Healy. Oh, cool. With the blues, yeah. You know, it's a really, really cool environment. But yeah. I wasn't able to stay after I played because I was only sixteen. But so, they let you play. Yeah, they let me play, and then lots of times I'd just uh, be chilling in the van, chilling outside. My girlfriend at the time, I'd call her from a payphone. I think I had like a $20 phone card my mom gave me. So I had to keep in touch with my mom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so other than that, yeah, I think Ottawa we played. We played a show in like Tilsonburg, some oh, crazy yeah. small, small town, my random places. <laughs> I forget. There was some other place between Ottawa and Toronto too that we played. Oh, and yes. uh, I remember the van broke down. 
on the highway the one time and you know you see this big water I don't know if it's Lake Ontario and I remember just wanting to go for a swim so like we were kind of parked in the middle of like the four like four lane or eight lane highway and I actually we well me and my buddy at the time because I was like oh the tow truck's not coming so I was like I'm going for a swim we actually crossed the crazy highway and then there's a tow truck that wanted to pick us up and I saw the tow truck came. So then I had to cross back the four lanes of just chaos, hopping to like the tow truck uh, driver's truck. I think I sat on his wife's lap or something like that. We were all <laughs> crammed in the big truck and he towed us to the Canadian Tire. We we spent some time in the parking lot walking around. I don't even know which town this was. Oh, but it's too bad we didn't have phones back then because I probably would have had... Uh, <clears throat> some very cool pictures and videos of stuff we did but I don't yeah. I don't have any any of it really other than just some recordings that we had oh so there was, was uh so did anyone have an actual camera to take pictures I think they like yeah Corey had cameras at the time but I don't I don't know if anyone has any of the footage or <laughs> whatnot I remember there's yeah another time where was it uh I forget what it's called. I think it starts with the K or okay oh, Cambridge. Not oh. it doesn't start with the K, but so See. we yeah we played in Cambridge and like <laughs> this was after a show, a show and has like in someone's backyard and I was, it was late at night and I thought oh you know what I want to go swimming I I didn't see it in the pool though but. I hop in there and I, I cool down and then the morning comes around and I just remember seeing a bunch of just green algae, like oh it was goodness. just like the dirtiest pool. So then, uh, yeah, I was pretty disgusted with that, but I was, I was cool that night and that felt nice. Another time, I think there was an outdoor swimming pool, a public pool with these high, high fences and uh, we had a few drinks and we climbed the fence and went swimming and... Uh, Oh, that God. was fun. No one was there, but then I climbed over the fence after, and then I jumped off the fence, and then like I slipped back, and like it's I smashed my spine, and oh. I probably like knocked the window to me. I was oh, just my gosh. in extreme pain laying there, and then I was limping around for the rest of the tour. I had to get them to carry my stuff for me, but I still played drums. Oh. And I think that tour was definitely like beneficial to how I play today and just like constantly playing shows for people. They weren't huge shows or anything, but the idea of playing shows just so really So you were in a bar me. then each time or a clubhouse? Or yeah, like bars or like little little halls like yeah. the Knights of Columbus here or whatever. Oh, okay. But in Cambridge and places like that, Tilsonburg, yeah, like a like, hotel or? I, I, I think like halls. I don't even know oh, what they be. were, but I think the the coolest bar was uh, the one in Toronto, the Healy's Bar, and that oh, I yeah. like. I don't even know the names. That's that's I could like how long how long how long ago is that? That's I have one of my cousin's CDs, and I could look it up. But I remember uh, another sister in law went to see my cousin Cindy Booth while she was performing. I think at Jeff Healy's Bar before he died, and. Uh, I could look it up. I'll I try to yeah. find that out for you. But that's a huge deal. Yeah, that you played. Well, there. yeah, when I was sixteen too. So, I, yeah, 
yeah. felt like I was pretty cool at the time. <laughs> so it must have been good for you when you were in yeah. high school, secondary school. Oh, yeah, school. to always Everyone enjoy have, it. He had thought you were yeah. some big band guy, and you were, actually. Yeah. So who was in your band? I had uh, my buddy Alex McMillan. We had Jake Soucy, um, Corey Gilbo, and another buddy, Jesse Oldfield. Okay. So and where what happened? Where was Chris, your other brother, or Zach? Where they... Well, Zach, Zach was, was probably like five, four years old at the time. That's your youngest brother. Youngest brother, Chris. And your older brother. I, I think he was just working and doing his own thing, like. But you started off with Chris. Yeah, and then started off with Chris, and... and then he he was busy working. Yeah. What so, was the name of your band, Brendan? It's called uh, Georgia Homeboy. Georgia Homeboy. So, are there <laughs> any recordings like on YouTube at all? Or oh like... yeah, I have I have recordings. Of oh it. wow! So for my listeners out there, if you want to take a listen to some of Brendan's uh, previous work, it's uh, Georgia Georgia Homeboy. Homeboy. I don't know where it is on online. On I have it saved on my phone on my computer okay. for sure. But but how are your grades in school? Where... Uh, well, my grades were actually really good because uh, I made sure the teachers liked me, so <laughs> I, I didn't interrupt in class and all that stuff. Although in in grade 10 English class, because I was always want to jam and skip school and stuff, I skipped too many classes. And uh, I actually like got to a point where like they're like, hey, like, you're going to fail. So I was like, oh, whatever, then I'll fail. Like It's just... Whatever, I miss out on one of my spares later in time. But yeah. other than that, like I got uh, like awards, like math awards. I, I was on the honor roll at least, even oh though I gosh. did fail the one English class. But there's, yeah, yeah. The, wow. the music never affected it too much. So you still continued with your school and then you were in this rock punk band. So yeah. why do you call it punk? So was what is the difference between I'm old school? So what's punk? Anyways, what's punk music? Uh, I, I don't even know. Some fast music. This wasn't actually punk music, though. It's like hardcore. Rock? Like, not even rock. Hardcore, screamo, just wild music. So do people dance in sort of what they call mosh pits? Yeah, mosh pits. Everyone dances together and falls on top of each other? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> they run they around in that? circles pushing each other. It's because the music is so powerful, it just takes control of people. Oh. Just like country music makes people cry. Yeah, you know, it hits true. them right in the heart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's you know, true. and this music makes people just want to go nuts. It, <laughs> it's yeah, it's actually fun watching it happen like that. Like So when you're you're drumming, you could see the people in the in the oh, dance yeah. floor area just doing yeah. their mosh pit thing. Yeah, packed venues like the Arts Council was like it's a smaller venue yes. near the bus station downtown, right. but w- there's a, quite a few shows there, and that place was always like packed, right? Yeah, really? right to the max. And there. you were young when you got into this, so did it affect your social life, or did you end up having lots of girlfriends? Or well, <laughs> yeah, not not really, not lots. I don't think I'm not like that kind of person. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I like but it was it must nice. Have been an exciting part of your life. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like especially having older friends and stuff, like who were in the band, they'd always drive me around and do different cool things. Yeah. So with these kind of cool things, can you give me some examples? And oh, by the way, did you see a lot of people doing drugs when they were kind of listening to this kind of 
heavy music, I'd say. <laughs> well, there's definitely lots of uh, smoke and pot involved with rock and roll and drinking. I feel like I did start drinking at an early age, especially with friends who were like 19, 20 when I was 16. We'd end up having a few drinks and jamming and uh, definitely smoke a joint and jam, but uh, nothing too crazy. Um, yeah, like a, a, a few uh, few times, though, I've seen some other stuff. People were on ecstasy. I think I was, in, I was 16 and it was after a show. We, uh, like, we actually got invited to some, like the Cambrian residence. And so I was like pretty this much Cambrian at like, College? yeah, Cambrian okay. College. In so Sudbury. like, uh, yeah, just a little boy in grade 10. And we uh, somehow managed to go to this. Yeah, there's like an after party at someone at the res there. And uh, I remember people were all messed up and like... There's like one person on ecstasy. He had like a hockey helmet on his head, and like this other dude from this band called Cauterize. It's a pretty big pop pop punk band from Oshawa, and the singer was just pouring like soap in the guy's hockey helmet. And I was like, oh my god, this is crazy! Like, wow. this is kind of getting out of hand, you know? These and these are all adults. I'm the, I'm the kid here, just watching all these people all messed up, and then. Uh, yeah, other other than that though, like you did it scare you to there. see that? Like, well, you... a little, cause uh, yeah, you felt like how far are they gonna take it? You know, this person's all messed up, and he has a hockey helmet. Are they gonna start? Like, yeah, you, you just never know. I've been to parties where people are all messed up, and I see like fighting for no reason. Someone's like passed out on the couch and getting woken up with a big slap to the face, and oh this goodness. and that, and yeah, as as a kid, and you're at those parties, it is pretty freaky, but. I never got hurt, and uh, I'm still here now, and yeah. just kicking around. There's uh, some very entertaining things. Some stuff you don't want to talk about, though. You don't want to get in trouble. Don't want your mom yeah. to think uh, <laughs> any less of you. But uh, yeah, it's a good life. The rock. What did life. your dad think about you being in the punk rock band? Oh, well, I think he probably thought it's pretty cool, like you know, <laughs> playing shows and stuff like that. It's always uh, something to be proud of. Yeah, your dad likes to drum too. Yeah, is that where you yeah. learned how to be a drummer? Yeah, definitely some inspiration there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think like mostly was the fact just kind of having an older brother playing guitar and he's just like jam with me, so yeah. that kind of got me, got me playing guitar uh, drums lots. But it, yeah, it's funny too because my mom would actually let us jam super super late at night and I had my little four-year-old brother at the time and she'd put him to sleep we'd jam till like 10 or 11 downstairs sometimes my uh my mumu and papa would babysit uh Zach my little brother and we'd be playing like crazy screamo hardcore music (laughs) and they probably thought we're just like the devil's kids or something (laughs) Because they were very religious. So every time I'd have my friends over jam and I'd be like, oh, no, they probably <laughs> are praying for me at night. But Your Mumu, that Mumu is a, a Finnish name for grandmother. Yeah. And Papa? Papa. Papa. Is Finn for, well, it's not really, yeah. Papa is just grandfather. And the yeah. Finnish grandfather, they call Papa. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're also part Vietnamese, so yeah. did that play your heritage of part Vietnamese and part Finn? Uh, play any have any kind of inspiration towards you for the music, or was it just learning from your brother? 
yeah. and your friends. Well, it's it's hard to say. You never you never know, like what your roots bring bring to life. But yeah, I'm sure like there's a part of how I am and how I play that has to do with my genes from being half Finn, half Vietnamese, and yeah, how and I was playing, raised. Playing and, the good, uh, playing the drums. Yeah, yeah, him playing the drums too. So that must so. have inspired you too. Yeah. Oh yeah. For ever since from a young age, I always see him play and just be like oh I want to play like that (laughs) yeah well parents can be great role models uh if you're into music for sure and you're in your 30s now so do you still like playing music oh yeah like I, I love playing drums like that's my favorite thing where I could flow the most with I don't even have to think about it I just could play along but Recent, more recently, I've been like trying to like learn guitar and songwriting in that sense. But I'm doing it all without like learning. Lots of people they want to learn how to play guitar. I'm I'm letting myself just like play the guitar. So I don't I don't like find any chords or anything. I'm just I'm trying to figure it out. Like the first person to ever like learn guitar. So then I have my own style, my own like techniques and the way that I strum so it's going to take me like I'd say probably like another 10 years before I feel like really comfortable and can actually play what I want to play on guitar but it'll get there and it'll be my own different style compared to like lots of people they want to learn guitar so they're just learning other people's songs which is cool and all yeah but at the same time you kind of you block out your own creativity because you're learning someone else's right off the bat that's right. But you and our daughter, Chanel, have written some amazing songs. They, they are streaming on Spotify and Apple Music, uh, Hippie Land, uh, Welcome to the Dark Side. There was another one, I think. I'm trying to remember the name that is now streaming for, for you folks. If you want to take a listen to some of Brendan's uh, latest songwriting skills, you're very talented, Brendan. Yeah, thank you. Um, I like... I wish I could play guitar a bit better, but like I said, I'm just learning on my my own terms there. But uh, another problem that I have with playing guitar in that kind of sense is that whenever I start strumming, I want to start singing and actual songwriting. So I don't practice too much of the guitar side of things. It's more just kind of like playing a song and singing and just kind of getting into that zone of just the flow state. So yeah, sort of ad libbing. Yeah. And playing music at the same time. Yeah. So then is, I yeah I don't I skill. don't end up playing I don't <laughs> end up practicing playing guitar as much as I should. It's more like oh I'm playing guitar oh I better sing to this so then <laughs> I play the same thing on guitar but then I just you know I, I do it more for you know it's like kind of medicine to me or like it's yeah. kind of working out. Uh, some people go to the gym and work out where I like to work out like my creativity and soul in that sense. So that's well, why I find I like you're doing a great that. rapper. You, it, I don't know if ad libbing rapping is kind of the same thing, but yeah. I find when you do jam out a little bit, uh, we've been to several parties. We have them at our house, and uh, you play you playing with Zach Zachary, your youngest brother. You just kind of sing. Yeah, Whatever you, you just got to comes to mind. Yeah, that's when you could be the most the most free. So that's why I like I've kind of put myself into that position where I never I don't fully write songs. Like every night I kind of start a new song and sing because it's my objective isn't to write a song, it's to 
enjoy playing music so I find that's when like the best stuff comes and there's every every night I end up making a new song do you record them so you could remember oh yeah yeah but that's the thing like they all get lost in my phone <laughs> <laughs> like I'll show Chanel there and some friends about your songs well it's yeah it, it'll all it'll all come together with time where I'll like I'll eventually have the songs fully written but for now it's just to enjoy making music and that's so that's, that's sort of your therapy kind of pill kind of thing yeah oh, people yeah. read books to calm down you play your guitar drums and create new yeah songs even and music. even painting and wood burning and just kind of but with no mm-hmm. no like you're no a very set talented thing artist to, too. to create you just kind of just let it let it flow and I like that's what I like about abstract art and stuff like that. It's yeah. It's just you kind of you push past the thought of like trying to do something, and you like let that activity just be you like fully. And that's the true true meaning of enlightenment when you kind of just dissolve into that flow state. And that's really something foreign to me is is being that creative to let yourself go like that just to. Like the way you paint, the way you come up and create new songs, that kind of, I, I mean, I'm a story writer, but I, I i try to be very factual and historic, but you just kind of let it flow. Where'd you learn to be like that? Well, to be so creative? I think like a huge part of my creativity is like, I look at sound as if you could see it, so if you could see words and see sound then everything is like a big picture so really no words actually matter if you could visualize it because what is every word actually painting right and most most of the world doesn't even speak english so if they could see what i'm saying it doesn't even have to make sense i'm painting a picture with sound so nothing really matters what i say and then once you think on that level it's a whole other level of you know making music because you're you're thinking of it as a visual product of sound which is crazy because there is a thing out there called synesthesia where people actually have these senses where they can have these connections where they could taste sound or actually see sound oh i've so, never heard of that yeah sure so that's a lot like of the audience listening to this podcast have never heard of this so how do you say that again Synesthesia. So I think it's S-Y-N-E-S-T-H-I-A or I I don't know how it's spelled, but you'll you'll figure it out. But I think... Can you explain that a bit more? Well, I think just somehow the brain gets wired differently or like I think in meditation, it's really easy. So if I if I go meditate and close my eyes, I could focus very easily and like, you know, I could inhale exhale like imagine just breathing in a bunch of stars and blowing out a bunch of stars breathing in a bunch of stars blowing out a bunch of stars well eventually you could let your mind blow the stars out into pictures and then if you're listening to music you could actually let the music without even thinking those stars could form a picture for you of flowing different shapes and all kinds of beautiful things but it's a lot of training for the mind to get to be like that. Yeah. I don't know if everyone can do it. Probably everyone can. I think you just have to like 
take the time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's something else. But that's where my creativity comes with music is where I don't look at it fully as like a song where people are listening. I look at it more as like a movie. And like I find um, music to me, like the di- the different genres of music, like I find hardcore music and that heavy stuff almost seems like if I, when I see it and visualize it, it's architecture, futuristic, like architecture. Oh Rock goodness. and roll is more like movie, like silly, like kind of fun kind of pictures. Reggae is more like jungle, kind of like the jungle vibes and animals and stuff. Okay. And what yeah. about country music that your father-in-law? Well, was? country music <laughs> is like wood, like you know, like wood. I don't know why, if that, if that makes any sense, like not like knots in wood, you know, just like the patterns that you see in wood. Oh but imagine goodness. that like moving and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's that's how I visualize country music. Yeah, I never thought about that. And now I haven't fully meditated and listened to like country music to <laughs> what like about see. Blues? You you you're great at blues. Yeah, as well. blues. I yeah I haven't really listened to that. Well, I, well, I guess like. Yeah, not 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 like meditating. I haven't listened to it, but I, yeah, I guess like Led Zeppelin has some blues and stuff to it. So that it's right. more like on the rock and roll side of things, where yeah. it's just a good quality movie. So you visualize these kinds of uh, items, and then they transform into for you into words to create songs or tunes or your paintings, yeah, your abstract paintings, which is really interesting well I've there never yeah thought about there's that definitely kind of... some some studies out there like i'm sure if you could take scissors and that's like you know around a mic if you like do different angles you know try to like cut a triangle out of paper like if you're in the zone you could actually see like yeah your world being cut into a triangle Oh my you know, goodness. but that's a whole other level of like the mind and what it is capable of doing. People could believe it or not, but I have been to that state of mind in that realm. And that's, it's pure magic to me. And that's how I look at music. And that's why my music is so crazy. And it's all over the place because I'm just painting a picture. Oh my goodness. I, I really love that idea. I really hope that you, uh, we've got three of your songs, yours and Chanel's songs on uh, on Spotify and uh, Deezer and uh, Apple Music, etc. But I really am looking forward to hearing more of your, your songs. And then for painting, you like to do abstract painting. So I guess that's part of your creativity that comes out into your painting, which is, have you ever thought of just... Painting well, it's, a house yeah. and a cow and a no, ne- a never, barn. never. <laughs> you like just do the. It's when I paint. It's me painting the sound. The sound. Like <clears throat> yeah, painting the flow of music that I'm listening to at the time. Wow. And then when I make music, it's like this... trying to paint the picture with the sound. You know, it's crazy. I think it's amazing. It's some psycho stuff, but whatever and now you have a son Hendrix he's going to be five what do you want to teach your son about why music is important uh to you to possibly him for the rest of his life what would be your legacy for your son Hendrix well yeah just to uh yeah 
to find that flow state and be able to just let yourself be free and go with with music and feel that magic because lots of people think that they they need uh like they're they're gifted or something but it's not a gift it's like you could practice the the ability to be a human is the gift and you just have to take the time the time which is a gift to practice and that right there your skill or yeah just practice whatever you want to do and find that flow you know yeah so as long as yeah it's practice and just you find that flow state because you're comfortable at a certain point at no one's good at anything right away but Mm -hmm. you just have to practice and then so that's what you want to teach your son yeah and and with yeah with music too like practice his own uh his own style so it's not so much like he, he fools around on the guitar and it's not like oh here try to put your hand here and play this chord you know it's so you it's more no 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 say this is a c chord this yeah. is an e chord and you've got to use it's, the yeah it's or whatever it's more be free if you're going to do something be free with right. it you don't want to box yourself in and like yeah because then you you lose your creativity a little bit so that's number one for you is being creative. Yeah. And allowing yourself to be creative without fear. How how come you never worried about that? Being fearful of like what are people gonna think of me or that kind of attitude. A lot of people are, are afraid to be creative or they're afraid to just be wild and have fun with their life or whatever. Where did you get that philosophy? Let's say just to kinda be creative, have fun, don't worry about what anyone thinks, sing yeah. whatever you want to sing. I'm, I'm not sure if I was just born like that or what, but yeah, you definitely don't want to be thinking too much about someone else's judgments because that's when then you just won't want to make art because everything will suck, you know? Yeah. I look at my paintings and I could be like, oh, they're all horrible, but they're every everyone has a different perception that, you know... Like something might look really bad to someone else, but to you it could look like amazing, like a piece of gold. But you, you never you know. But you, you don't want to, like, let other like thinking that someone else thinks that it sucks for you to not make music. Well, you can't really, uh, in a way, judge art. That's why it's hard when I see sometimes these awards, and I'm thinking, how can you award an artist for their song? Yeah, it's a great song, but same with a hundred other songs. Art is so unique and individual, but you have this innate ability to not give a care no. what anyone says, and you just go with the flow. Is that like a a, a confidence that you were born with? Uh, yeah, just a confidence in like who cares? I'm doing me, and that's yeah. it. Well, yeah, maybe. I I think for the most part, it's because I do I do it. I don't make music. I'm not making it for people i'm not making it to be a product i'm making music because of the way that it feels when i'm making the music mm-hmm. so like yeah the, the, of course i i share it with people and stuff but it's not like i don't I, at the end of the day i don't go and be like oh i, I need to write a song to make for <laughs> people to listen to i make music because making music makes me happy right. and that's then what like why it should why yeah happy. Yeah, it makes that's, me happy. I think so. that's the key right there. Why, is what makes you happy. Yeah. So then it's like, why would I be bothered if someone thinks my song is junk 
And if they did think it's junk, I'd say, well, do you see what picture I'm painting right now? They like, just <laughs> open up your mind. There's a, there's a hidden message in every song. So you would kind of challenge them on that. Yeah, and if they can't see it, well, that's their problem. But <laughs> like old rock and roll back in the day, that's there's some hidden messages in there that you'd almost you'd question the like the life that we actually live and how like how high powered the mind is to process like music and see the actual picture the one thing i'd like to talk to you about and this has been so interesting is you started recently creating music videos and they're really quite hilarious why would you also besides doing your art besides writing and jamming out to your own music and songs did you decide I'm gonna start making music videos what made you decide to do that and they're very good oh. you can find them on YouTube I think what what is your YouTube channel there um, I'm not even sure I think it's like youtube.com slash the goat comedy show the goat comedy but, show. so I, I do I do that as an extra form of my creativity because it's freestyle acting. Nothing is written down. So then the more I do that, I like I slip into the zone. It's the flow state and it's kind <laughs> of works out on a different side of creativity and just a way to find that flow state. And that's and, you know, it's funny, it's silly and, you know, like it could be bad. It could be good. It's none of it really matters. It's It's just trying to work work out my creativity levels on a whole other level rather than some people just stick to music or some people just stick to painting but I realized I could I slip into the flow state with acting too so I really enjoy doing that and putting together some silly little skits just just for my own 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 entertainment because it's I don't know there's something rewarding about when you like especially videotaping these certain little things and it's like how do you how do I even come up with that word <laughs> but yeah it's just and yeah. why the go why did you call the your video music videos slash uh ad lib slash uh how do you call it uh, just impromptu uh acting short film videos oh, why did you call it the goat <laughs> well because I, I wanted to make something super edgy and like like it sounds weird but just so ignorant because it's just like it breaks down all the barriers to and anything I want to do with acting where it's like oh it's because it's a joke to begin with yeah and it like that's the thing is someone was saying like oh that could be offensive to some people and yeah it's like, there is some there is some uh I would say some spicy words in there to be yeah. sure so for our audience if you do check out Brendan's uh, videos there are some uh, choice words yeah so be prepared <laughs> but that that's the, that's the thing too is like it kind of gets people you know it it makes people think like oh what, what a guy like calling himself the goat that's so ignorant but that's that's the funny lesson is like it's all a joke first of all and then second a good lesson to learn is like never judge anyone. You should be thinking about how beautiful your life is, not caring about what the name of my thing is. That's why it's funny. So that's why I I wanted to make something like bad. I wanted to make something ignorant and bad just because no one else is doing it. Everyone wants to put on this act like they're just like something else, but I'm like I'm going to I'm going to act like bad, like a horrible Offensive. Horrible, offensive person because it's funny and it's just 
it extends my creativity on a whole other level, which it's not even like a person who I am. It's just, no. it's, it's fun to just be creative like that, you know? <laughs> and sometimes uh, our, our daughter Chanel is in those videos and sometimes you wear a wig. Oh yeah. Uh, the best videos that I find, and they're funny, uh, your goat videos, but when, Hendrix was a little baby, used to do cooking videos. Yeah, oh yeah. And he'd be in his high chair. And it was the cutest, cutest thing ever as a grandmother. Hendrix calls me Maymay or Mumer. But to see you with your son and you're cooking up a storm in your kitchen. Hendrix is just like munching on fruit or whatever. And I just thought that was so cute. So, and then your positive attitude, where do you get that from? Like, why did you decide you're not a complainer? You don't, you know, you just kind of let life flow and you have a good attitude about things. Where did you, why did you decide to be such a positive person? I'm not sure. Like, maybe I'm a little bit born with it. But, like, also, I think, like, when I was younger, it probably didn't have, like, the perfect childhood, you know, split family, lots of this and that arguing whatever an older brother used to beat me up but you kind of like if you could rise above all that you just kind of just appreciate every moment for what it is rather than being like down on everything because you've already been through so much and you don't want to let anything bug you anymore yeah so it's just some people don't have the will to do that but somehow I managed to just just do it. I understand life. Everything kind of happens for a reason. If I get a flat tire, it's like, oh, well, it is what it is. Maybe I'm going to meet someone cool who I'm supposed to meet, you know, at the tire shop, getting a new tire, you know. Just every little, everything that goes wrong is just something that is supposed to be the next step into, like, the right direction. Oh, my goodness. I love that attitude. So you have to think like that. Otherwise, your whole life will be upside down and you'll just be depressed. But That's right. And we all have a childhood, and uh, good or bad. But as adults, we make the choice to uh, work through it. Yeah. And decide whether we want to carry that load on our backs or decide this is you only have one chance at life and and you've made the the choice just to kind of... Yeah. Be happier with what life yeah, you just, have. Just enjoy everything and forgive everyone for any any nonsense, you know. Because, yeah. you know, it's not easy coming from a split family. So, But that's I wouldn't trade that for the whole world because that's what makes me strong for my little boy and everything. If, I, if my parents were together, I would not be who I am today. It's all the chaos that comes with the split family that makes you stronger if you could just work through it all and just kind of understand everyone is trying their best. I know my my parents were trying their best, but they're letting their own thing get in the middle of, you know, like kind of raising a son, you know, they just like live with anger at one another, but really they have their kids and they kind of lose focus on that. But I've kind of le- like learned to just, you know, be, like deal with it and you kind of just be like, oh, yeah, this is how it is. And kind of you learn to forgive with them. You could forgive with everyone else. Yeah. And it just, you know, that kind of life. So instead of walking around uh, being resentful because your family split up, your parents split up uh, and you saw anger, et cetera, uh, along everything that goes along with that. As a young kid, how did you cope with that? I don't, I don't even remember, really. You just yeah. kind of But then as an older, older child, 
as an adult now, you've just said you just forgive. Yeah, you just have to forgive them and be like, oh, you you understand like that. Obviously, everyone's trying their best in life. They're not trying to do any wrong, but even though lots of people are doing wrong, they're trying their best in their own little way, you know. And they're like they're letting, you know, just their own inner anger and tensions kind of just like make them act act out in their own little way yeah and it's not so much it, it directed at as a child you no didn't it's feel not, it's it was not, your fault no 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 two adults not yeah. getting along yeah and, but it's that kind of stuff where you just kind of when you see all that go down you just kind of grow up and you, you know if you could forgive it then you just appreciate everyone in life for what it is you know but it's that kind of stuff that makes someone stronger. Yes. You know, rather than if you did have this perfect life and, like, you know, parents are together and stuff. It's like you don't have that extra stuff to work through and make you strong because right. everything is just already perfect. So how? So that's why, like, I, I love the fact that my parents had to go through all that stuff. And what else am I going to do? Hate it and be upset over it? No, I'm... I'm thankful to be who I am now in this moment and all the lessons that I've learned and I get to share with everyone now. So I think that's why I'm so happy. That's good. Well, thank you so much, Brendan. This has been an insightful uh, recording. Uh, his little guy is, it wants to come in now. So I thank you so much yes, for doing yes. this well, podcast with for, me. Uh, taking the time to interview a stud like me. <laughs> <laughs> a little rock star punk there you go talk to you later thank you oh his little boy Hendrix wants to come in the house now <laughs> bye bye